You are at war with yourself and likely don't realize it. Your thoughts, beliefs, habits, and actions often sabotage you. Are they helping you overcome adversity or setting you up for failure? To win this battle, you must connect with your inner warrior. We all have a warrior within us, one that strengthens our resolve and helps us to rise to meet life's challenges. If you're just surviving rather than thriving, then it's time to embrace the warrior archetype, live the warrior ethos, and ascend. If you are a veteran, first responder, or someone looking to take charge of your life, find your tribe, and then be the hero of your own story, this podcast is for you. Join Mike Kinney and Matt Hastings, two retired U.S. Army officers who served in U.S. Army Special Operations and Army Aviation Units, as they share with you optimal performance practices they learned in their time with the Military and Warriors Ascent, a 501c3 nonprofit that helps veterans and warriors with PTS. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Warriors Ascent podcast. I'm Mike Kenny. I'm accompanied by Matt Hastings. We are two career army veterans, and we're here to talk about uh, the warrior archetype and warrior ethos. So the purpose of this podcast for our audience is to help people reconnect with their inner warrior archetype and live the warrior ethos as an avenue to empowerment and ownership in order to live joyous, fulfilling, and purposeful lives. So our mission is to catalyze the rise of the warrior archetype in society. It's our contention that, quite frankly, we're losing touch with the warrior. Um, and it's our, our purpose here is to help people reconnect with the warrior that resides in each one of us. And that's a source of strength. It's a, uh, a source of overcoming obstacles. And we, you know, we feel that it's exceedingly important to not lose connection with that. Our philosophy is that uh, life is a series of heroes' journeys, obstacles to overcome and missions to accomplish. The warrior archetype and the warrior ethos empower you to persevere. Along those lines, the virtues that we feel represent the essence of this philosophy are prudentia, fortitudo, and gravitas in Latin. So prudentia, prudent judgment, reasoning, and decisive action. So we'll say quality of thought, right? Fortitudo, fortitude, grit, perseverance, and discipline. So the ability to persevere, tenacity, grit. And then lastly, gravitas, which translates into gravity, but really means commitment, seriousness, virtue, dignity, and solemnity. So in the end, it's really being committed to uh, the warrior and your purpose and your goal and overcoming obstacles. Our motto, vincent quis vincent, is or translates into he conquers who conquers himself. And that's important because before you can embark on life's journeys, overcome obstacles and challenges, you first need to conquer yourself. And you've got to do your own work uh, in, in order to, to persevere. So I'll say for our part, our experience both in our army careers and then also at our time at Warriors Ascent, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that helps veterans and first responders with post-traumatic stress, we really do focus on that notion of doing your self-work, self-care, and uh, 
making sure that you're showing up as your most powerful self so that when you are interacting with others, that you're showing up as your best self. So with that said, to I'll say establish some bona fides. As I've mentioned, I'm Mike Kenny. I'm a uh, career military officer, graduated West Point in uh, 1993, and I spent a career in the infantry with 101st Airborne Division Air Assault, you know, 3187 Infantry, and uh, 1st Special Forces Group. My last stint was at uh, the Command and General Staff College as an instructor in the School of Advanced Military Studies. Uh, after my retirement from the service in 2015, after 22 years, I took the helm of a then fledgling nonprofit in Warriors Ascent, again, a uh, 501c3 organization that helps veterans and first responders with post-traumatic stress. I'd like to say that we empower our participants to take ownership of their lives and healing, and we do so with a five-day program that teaches our students and participants the tools to heal and tend the mind, body, and soul. So a holistic program, very effective. Look in the show notes and you'll see an article, an APA article that explicates our approach and the efficacy of the program. But that Warriors Ascent is where Matt and I met, um, and that's where we came into each other's orbit. And with that said, I'll introduce Matt and he can tell his story as well. Well, Mike, thanks for hosting me here and allowing me to be a co-host with you. Like we mentioned, uh, we met at uh, Warriors Ascent, where I went for looking for a little bit of help, and you were the executive director. So it's pretty cool to and an honor to be sitting here as a co-host um, upon becoming an alumni of that great retreat and cohort that I was in about one year ago. And it's kind of crazy to say we talk about journeys and finding myself needing the services of Warriors Ascent. Um, you know, started out, I had a career that ended up as being a chief warrant officer for, you know, Black Hawk helicopter pilot, chief of standardization of the Combat Aviation Brigade, which is just to say that was a giant organization, about 3,000 people. You know, we had probably 100 aircraft, hundreds of millions of dollars worth of equipment, people, experts, and uh, my job was to make sure that all those people were doing the right things so we could get the mission done first and so that we could get the mission done safely and bring everybody home. So talk about Gravitas, Mike. That was something that I, uh, I didn't mess around when I was signing somebody's name to that they were qualified to fly a Blackhawk and land into the desert night. Looks like the surface of the Mars might as well be. And when, they, when I say you're qualified to do that with 11 door kickers and four crew members, I got to make sure that's real. You know, I started out flying as a young kid, flying before I could drive. And um, this led me into becoming this Army aviator. Um, I didn't know how to be a combat aviator, but I was lucky enough to get selected as a civilian through a crazy program into the Warrant Officer Training Program, um, where I eventually made my way to 101st Airborne, which, as you know, is the that's the Mac Daddy. That's the that's the big leagues right there of air assault operations. That's right, screaming you know, eagles, baby. Helicopters, screaming eagles. Lots of helicopters. I was I got to be the flight lead of 101 aircraft in the sky at one time. We always like to do that. Just I mean, this is kind of a thing. So we'd say it's the biggest air assault since the last biggest air assault. I got to take my. Uh, skills to the instructor pilot course and then off to germany to be a brand new instructor pilot where 
my time in Germany was kind of short because we suddenly had to go visit Saddam Hussein in, in uh, Baghdad, take him out a little bit. So that was a long 15 months in a very austere environment, living in the Baghdad airport, living in really bad conditions, flying tough missions um, with little resources, really, and uh, doing a hard job in a combined, in a, seeing a lot of different weird combat situations, a lot of shoot downs, a lot of shoot downs during that time, um, missile systems. Going back home, um, instead of being a joyous thing, it was an overwhelming thing. It was a shock to me. Um, I tried really hard to fake my family and myself out, right, for a long time. And, uh, you know, the, the only way I could really cope was with sticking it out in the Army and working harder and harder and harder and caring more about the other people and trying harder um, because we couldn't fail. And, Eventually, I visited Iraq two more times you know, for a combined three and a half years of my life doing this stuff. And uh, you know, this, you're not going to be the same person when you return. Um, you're just not. And one of the things that got me was just seeing other people and how I didn't feel like they cared. Like, what are you doing? Like, you don't even care that we have people dying in Afghanistan and Iraq right now for you and for you your ability to go to have a burger and see what's on the movie theater. And like, nobody seems to even care. So I would get very upset about it. And uh, instead of just being upset, I decided to just isolate. And I think that's a common thing. I didn't know this. I just stayed away from people. And uh, well, that's no life, right? And uh, eventually blew up another marriage, um, which I just didn't see that one coming. Um, I had so many guardrails I thought in place to prevent a second one, and it just didn't work. I, was, I wasn't seeing what, what was happening, apparently, um, which is what led me, you know, to, to come to Warrior's Ascent and say, you know, how is this five-day retreat going to change me? Well, sometimes you just have to be at that point where you just have to try, you know, and that's kind of where I was. Um, just trust the process. I had to trust the process. I had to have a buddy talk me for the two hour drive all the way to make sure I didn't turn around. And when I got there, I saw a bunch of pretty tough looking customers, you know, and nobody wanted to really be there. Nobody really wanted to talk, but boy, we found out pretty quickly. Um, we all had the same story, you know, the variables were different, the pictures looked different, but it was the same dang common theme. And um, when gentlemen would sit there and say these horrible things about themselves, you know, I could just, no, it's not the truth. You, you were this, you've done so many things, you've faced adversity, you've been resilient, you've fought courage, you're, you're selfless, all these great qualities in there. And then eventually it was like, well, why can't you see that about yourself? So, you know, it's a tough um, realization, and I think that there's a lot of people that aren't willing to take that step, but when they are, they're going to find you're definitely not alone. In fact, you know, like I said, I left the Army in uh, 2016, and boy, did it get quiet quick. You lose your tribe. Tribe's gone. Purpose goes away. Or, or your purpose is now so, I'm going to say the word boring, or it's just so less impactful that um it just doesn't feel like a real mission or a real purpose yeah you don't feel that motivation it is nowhere near the impact I, there's so much of us i think feel that 
you know, it's life or death. And as you pointed out, you know, when you're certifying people, you know, you in essence have lives, your lives in your hands, you know, you're saying that they're ready to go. All of your missions, all of that, very, very little else compares to that. I, so. I would make sure that, um, I always thought if my grandmother could get on the back of your aircraft and, right. and feel all right about it, then you, you're, you're doing pretty good. That's a tall, my grandma, that's was, a tall my order. My grandma was pretty tough though, so. Yeah. No, man, I appreciate you sharing. I mean, I think really that, that, that lends a lot of context. Um, I think so many people that are probably listening, I would imagine, feel a lot of the same things. And just to kind of recap, a lot of the things that we hear consistently from people that come to our program, and I would say one of the reasons that we're, we're doing this podcast is to let people know, those that are listening, that they're not alone. They're not the only ones that feel this way. So it's that isolation. It's some, in some cases, it's that loss of tribe. You know, We get veterans and first responders that have left the service. Sometimes it's a natural progression. Sometimes um, it, it's injury. It, it's uh, you know, not, not willingly. And when that identity is stripped from them, when their identity is so inextricably linked with who it is that they are in terms of as a professional, once that's stripped from them, it can be very unsettling. And we hear that time and again. So there's the identity, it's the, it's the purpose, it's the mission, or lack thereof in some cases. Um, isolation, you know, this notion that no one else understands, I've lost my tribe. It's the ethics, you know, the, the virtues that we embraced in the military that we think are common to all, when in fact they're not. And we're very abruptly, I'll say, presented that, you know, upon our departure from the service. Um, no, so... Uh, I feel, you know, I think we've all felt that at one time or another. The other common things are, yeah, you know, anxiety, you know, some depression, um, lack of motivation, as you pointed out. It's kind of hard to get motivated for things when you were at the tip of the spear, at the pinnacle as a CW4. And, you know, my experience in the 101st and, and, and first group, you know, when we had a high-ranking CW4 at the controls, we knew we were in good hands. I mean, I'm not taking away from you know, any of the, uh, the lieutenants or anything like that, but you it's could okay, tell okay. A, a, you know, a, a definitive difference, you know, so, I, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from, you know, in terms of just the time that you've put in. I mean, that's exceedingly commendable. Um, just, you know, so just very quickly, the warrior archetype, you know, what, what we're getting at with this podcast, and as I think you've pointed out, is doing the hard stuff that you've done. I won't speak for myself, but the hard things that you've done, you had to embrace that warrior archetype to get through those hard times, which is absolutely instrumental. And in large measure, that's, I'll say, the purpose of this podcast and what we're getting at. But at the same time, you also alluded to some issues that you were having, you know, familial or what have you. And my contention, our contention here is, and we've said it multiple times at all the cohorts, and we've run 56 cohorts now over the last seven years, helping 500 plus people, in many cases, saving lives, and then I'd submit to you all cases, impacting lives. But you know what we hear time and again are the, I'll say the rifts or the friction that they have with family and coworkers. And you know, what we'll say is the warrior archetype is exceedingly important. And I think what Jung called the warrior in his fullness. In other words, the I'll call it the enlightened warrior, you know, not the, you know, hyper, you know, kill, 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 but the guy or the gal for that matter, because that warrior archetype resides in everybody. 
and it's what allows you to stand up in the face of adversity and to take up, you know, to take on challenges and courage. But, you know, it's been said, or we've said, you can't bring the warrior to every situation. And with right. all the military guys at the cohort, you know, they all laugh when I say, you can't bring the knife hand. Okay, I need you to do this. And the kids need to get to school. And the wives bristle at that, like, all right, I'm not one of your soldiers, you know? So everyone chuckles knowingly, like, oh yeah, I think I've done that. So it's like, hey, the warrior's important, but it needs to apply or be applied in the right situations. And you can't bring the warrior to every situation, although you need to maintain that connection. So can you maybe, can you speak to that, your experience yeah, with that? Yeah, I think you're exactly right when you say, um, you know, you're in a vehicle and I'm treating it like we're flying a Blackhawk and the whole <laughs> crew has to do proper coordination. Clear right, clear right, dad, you're right, you're returning right. And it's going to an airport. Um, you know, we're, if you're not an hour early or two hours late, um, I'm, right. I'm early, I'm on time, I'm hyper vigilant, I'm, I got an escape plan, and I think it got very, very exhausting for my family. That's right, TOT plus or minus 30 seconds. Yeah, right? I mean, I just, <laughs> this is something I am, not something I do for a paycheck. And I think that became. You know, that's different. And then we have lots of different kinds of veterans and warriors out there that serve different amounts of times and, and takes us differently. But, um, you know, like you can't treat your family like they're your crew or they're your soldiers. You have to know, okay, hey, look, that was the hard part for me. You know, I knew that at the beginning. Um, it became difficult because my successes were when I was wearing that suit of armor. I called that flight suit, you know, mm -hmm. put that thing on and, People knew who I was and they didn't mess with me because I knew my stuff. I made them know their stuff and I didn't care what rank they were. That didn't save them because they were a colonel. They had to answer, they had to fly, they had to do everything the same standard as a, a second lieutenant had to. That's right. Tough love. Yeah. And um, that's why they employed guys like me um, because I was supposed to be that barrier that could say straight to a colonel, <laughs> no, that's wrong. Absolutely. And say same thing to a lieutenant, say, hey, sir, that's wrong. And not go, listen, you know, because it was fun to mess with lieutenants. Right. Really just right, was. Right. But great, great humans. Um, so when I realize that um, it's a success at work, but it's failure at home and in, in personal life. Um, and you see, you see it. Uh, you see guys going around all the time and being that, in, that senior non-commissioned officer, the sergeant treating their family like it. And they, they mean well, they mean care and love, but it just comes across as tyrant, as controlling. And so I think that conflict is difficult in, um, it was for me, I'm gonna speak personally then, it was difficult for me, because uh, I was given everything I had all the time. And it, it, at work it was, you know, everyone loved that. And, and it was uh, rewarded and at home it was not. So what do you do, you spend more time at work. That's right, we see it a lot. Yeah, and uh, so as we move forward, because that's what we always need to do, right, is after action reviews of our lives, you know, go, okay, let me, let me see what I did wrong. Let that's me right. implement new strategies for a better outcome. And one of those is just conquering my own beasts, like we talked about. Um, and then I feel like once I've done that, then I can start kind of helping out. And I, and I don't want to be somebody's guru. What I do will say is that, hey, this worked for me. I can't believe it worked for me. I went in there thinking, this is not going to work for me, people. I've tried this before. 
And all you're asking me to do is lay down on the floor and breathe really heavy. Um, I mean, I can do that because I've done a lot of heavy, harder things, but I just don't see that working. And I'm going to tell you something. I'd love to be wrong when, it's, when, uh, when there's a solution. Um, because like you talk about, that there's actionable things that we walk away with that I, I get into a scenario and I go, I, I really need to conduct. Something's about to happen. I'm being triggered. I'm, I can feel my emotions going crazy and they're about to pop and I'm about to do something. I don't know what it is. And in the past, it's break things, it's throw things, it's whatever. But this time, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a big, giant, deep breath, like oceanic deep breaths. And it's like, really? That's what you're going to do? You're gonna... Yeah, and you know, the world slows down. Things start making sense. And I can say back to myself, all right, this is what we're going to do. Now, that guy felt like a CW4 that had the answers and solutions to all the problems. But this was just that these can be just regular things, and I don't have to be military about it. I don't have to approach it. Um, I can approach it as a human being, saying, "Hey, these are, this is a better idea." Right. It's not so much a role as yeah, it is just a take. A, you can being... take a crisis and turn it into, you know, a positive outcome. Mm-hmm. And 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 the fact that that happened with just breathing. And, you know, doing yoga and mindfulness, I don't want to take away from the other things because it's, you know, and you'll see in the show notes, I really encourage anybody to go read this American Psychological Association doesn't write about, you know, Right, the APA study, the article on the program that's uh, forthcoming lay out, you know, a lot of the, what they call the multimodal approach, you know, so that, you know, for those that are interested, it's, it's a good I'll say relatively in-depth study of the, you know, the efficacy of the program, the approach that's used and, you know, not to get too esoteric, but, you know, the, you know, statistically significant outcomes in various, you know, suicidality, anxiety, depression, you know, and even risky drinking. So not to oversell it, but there's some real data and, and, and rigor behind it. But, you know, you as a beneficiary of that, I think, you know, can, can speak with, uh, enthusiasm and authenticity yeah, yeah. right no doubt and and clearly going forward with this podcast we're gonna i'll say explicate you know some of that approach you know in terms of this framework so we talk about you know yeah. fortitudo prudentia and gravitas you know i'll say loosely correlated with you know mind body and soul yeah. and and the criticality of that so getting your mindset right various rubrics whether they be cognitive behavioral metacognitive Bottom line is, hey, thinking about your thinking, disciplining your thinking, and there's a variety of modalities that we use to get at that. The, you know, the fortitude piece beyond the archetypical aspects of, you know, hey, be tough and persevere. One might ask, well, where do I, where do I start? What do I need to do? But self-care, you know, um, fitness, nutrition, a lot of things that people feel are, well, I don't have the time for that, or that's overindulgent or when in fact masculine. they're an absolute necessity. Absolutely. That's what, that's, you know, that was kind of my thing, or I think, you know, there's a stereotype, which we try to get to, we talked about earlier today, we're trying to get to an archetype, archetype, not a stereotype, and we'll drop these stereotypes of masculinity being that, no, I can't take self-care, that means, you know, having my hair done, no, it doesn't, you know, it means, you know, if you, it means eating right, it means exercising properly it means you know meditating it means hey journal 
That's right. It's it means, to quote Stephen like, Covey, it's sharpening the saw. Yeah. Set some intentions for your day tomorrow and knock those intentions out. Bef- you know, do it before you go to bed. Think about what I'm going to do tomorrow and make it happen. You start having these little victories and you start feeling victorious about stuff. Nothing succeeds like success. Yep. That's true. No, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, hey, b- bottom line, you know, going forward, what you can expect from this podcast, right? You can accompany, you know, myself and Matt on our own hero's journey, our lifelong hero's journey. Um, and we've learned a lot, you know, in our time in the military, our time at Warriors Ascent, you know, and I've been there for seven years and Matt and I came into each other's orbit, you know, at Warriors Ascent. And I think we've collectively learned a lot. And that's why we're here to share a lot of the frameworks and the experiences and I'll say the curriculum with everybody, you know, who may, may benefit from it. But then even just life where we're two older dudes, not super old, but in our fifties. Right. So, uh, you know, those life experiences similarly, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, are beneficial and we're prepared to share as well. Um, yeah. And That is, I'll say, the framework that, that will follow. So for those that you know, I hope will tune in and, and for whom maybe this has resonated, what you can expect in future episodes will be facets of our curriculum at Warriors Ascent, um, geez, life lessons, mental frameworks, self-care practices. I'll say a, a, a multitude of tools that Matt and I have used and inculcated in our lives to. Uh, to have more purposeful, meaningful, and, and joyous lives. And we, we want to share that with everybody. But, uh, you know, we like to joke beyond the, you know, for the military guys and gals out there, the bog sat, the bunch of guys or gals sitting around talking, right? We want this obviously to be more than that. You know, we definitely want um, some of the anecdotal you know, to make it real, you know, to take these concepts that we may talk about, these frameworks, and make them real. Um, but at the same time, what it is that we're really endeavoring to do is provide something actionable for everyone. And that way, at the end of every episode, it's something that you can use immediately um, to add value. You know, so that is what it is that we're, we're hoping to achieve with this podcast you know, over these next couple of weeks, months, and hopefully if we get enough support and interest you know, th- these next couple of years. But uh, that's what it is that we're looking to do. So again, to recap, embracing the warrior archetype right, and living the warrior ethos as a way to live a joyous, prosperous, and fulfilling life. And our mission is, you know, I'll say the rise of the warrior archetype, to re-embrace that. Our contention is it's, it's becoming lost. It resides in everyone. But... Uh, our, you know, our feeling is that it's become, I'll say, a vestige of a bygone era. And that is a mistake. <laughs> that is a mistake to think that it, it, it's a quaint anachronism. It, in fact, is absolutely integral to people's personas, but it needs to be applied at the right times in people's lives. Therein lies the, yeah, and can I, the difference. Please. And can I say that, um, you know, this podcast and the organization Warriors Ascent uh, serve, you know, first responders, EMS, fire, police and department of corrections guys and when i was in gals when i was there we had all of that and some of them expressed to me that they weren't sure they were going to blend well with veterans 
They did. They blended exactly the same situation, same feeling, same everything. One of the things that I mark differently is that a lot of those guys are still, and gals are still out there serving their communities right now. And so I would invite all of them to be, you know, part of our population to watch this and come visit us and, and start the conversation with us about being a warrior because we don't just mean veteran. We mean, you know, I think you use the version of the, the mom at, at a soccer game and need to stand up for little Johnny or something and bringing that warrior all of a sudden when it's necessary. So like everybody, you know, everybody that wants to have this conversation, it's a good conversation um, for all of us. So don't forget that we, had, we have a lot of love for those serving our communities still to this minute. So I appreciate you allowing me to say that one more time. No, no, that, that, that's a, a great clarification. I yeah, appreciate that. Yeah. So when we say the warrior and the warrior archetype, we don't mean, you know, it's always combat or fighting fires or, you know, firefights and stuff like that. It's that archetype empowers you to stand strong in the face of adversity. And that adversity could be anything from, you know, taking a, you know, an important test. Um, as you said, you know, the, the mother that advocates for her child in any capacity and has those uncomfortable conversations, you know, conversations that she might not otherwise have. Um, and that's what we're saying is the ability to tap into that and seek strength from that. And, uh, you know, the cautionary tale is if we, if we lose connection with that, you, you've got a meek and meager society that is not able to affect the change and the goals and the objectives that they so deeply desire. And that's disempowering. And we are about empowerment and, and ownership. So uh, that's absolutely critical. Excellent. I look forward to this, Mike. No, I appreciate it. Hi, Matt Hastings here, sending a thank you for watching this episode of the Warriors Ascent podcast. You know, we strive to build a community of warriors made up of our nation's veterans and first responders. And to reach as many of those in need as possible, we need your help. Please just smash that like button and comment or share our content. Warriors Ascent is a Kansas City-based nonprofit that aids veterans and first responders with PTS. I went through this effective program and want those that are struggling to find what I found. Check us out on our website at warriorsascent.org.